Okay, so what are some really crazy stats around Grammy Album of the Year? What is going on, everybody? This is Lauren Delisa Coleman, and you are now inside of another episode of Beats and Bites. I'm going to call this now like the pre-Grammy show edition. I have so much to talk about. I can't wait to get into all of this with you guys. First of all, I hope that you've had a good day or evening so far, whatever, if you are listening to this. You know that I am here as a feature media innovationist talking about all things emerging tech and entertainment to be able to help you really strategize, right, on what's coming up next um, and how to be able to take better advantage of it and just really understand a lot of these power moves that are happening like each and every moment. So excited to get into a couple of things. Let's just jump right into it. We're not going to have an interview this episode. That's coming up next episode. And I have a founder, this woman who has an amazing background at BET, Disney, so much more. And she has a new product coming out that is tech-based that's going to really change a lot of things up that I can't wait for her to talk all about it for you guys next week. This is going to be interesting whether you're on like kind of the creative side or an exec side or really just consumer side and interesting in all of this space. Um, it's going to be hot. So definitely don't miss it. But listen to what I have to say, of course, now <laughs> for this week's episode. Let's start out with this TikTok thing because this just broke a few hours ago. I understand that everybody who is Grammy-related, and of course, in LA, all set to be able to hobnob and everything else. It was going to be, of course, a mad discussion around AI and so much more. But what Bloomberg, and I love Ashley Carmen, I've done dealt with her, rather, on a couple of different things. Um, her soundbite column by uh, Bloomberg, if you haven't like signed up for it, and it's free, um, I highly suggest because she covers typically all things podcast audio related, but sometimes gets into other kind of music related things as well. So her column just went live about an hour before I'm recording this for you guys today on Thursday, February 1st. And so she's in LA right now. We've kind of, you know, had a couple of email exchanges. I'll be heading out later, but um, she said that of course, like everybody was going to be talking about AI and so many other things in the music industry. And now with this whole TikTok scenario, it's just blown up and everybody and anybody can't stop talking about it. For those who have may have you know been under a rock, what is the TikTok thing? So Universal Music Group, UMG, has demanded that TikTok pull down all of its music because those two simply could not come together on a couple of contract points. Of course, mainly about money. That's usually what it is about. And so now, like... TikTok users are spinning. A lot of the artists who had things going viral on TikTok are spinning. And it's just like this crazy, crazy scenario. It's one of the first times ever that this has apparently and reportedly happened in the industry. So um, again, Ashley, you know, kind of really did a nice job of this via her column on um, Bloomberg. But I also encourage you if you know, or you're deeply interested in this and want to read like word by word to check out The Verge, V-E-R-G-E. Um, this is a, an outlet that I read often as well. You guys know I'm just a media junkie on all of these things. It, that, in addition to my own research that I do, boots on the ground research, things that I'm 
you know, helping different clients with in terms of, you know, this, the whole space of innovation and more like I have got you covered. Right. So the verge definitely check this out. They have a very, a very succinct, but very meaty article on this. The title, the headline is universal music group expected to pull music from TikTok over concerns with AI and artist pay that took place, I guess, two hours before <laughs> the, the, the pull actually happened. So, but within this though, they give a bit more detail about not just the sticking point about money. Everybody, you know, pretty much knows that in the industry, ever since, you know, newer platforms have kind of given rise that there's been issues about disparities around those platforms paying what the record labels and artists think that they should get. That is something for a much larger, I think, you know, business kind of, you know, discussion, those who focus on financial models and so much more. I want to talk, you know, beyond that about the AI portion of the conversation, because I think that this, this has a couple of different things going on. First of all, because ByteDance has said that it has reached out, you know, agreements with the other majors. And let's keep it very real. There's only a handful of major companies anyway. And it's funny, these companies are saying so many things are unfair. But look at the market when you only have, what, two, three ma that have major um, labels that have scooped up basically everything else back in the day when there were a number of different independents. Some of them were under majors, some not. You know what I mean? Like the whole the whole landscape has changed, number one. Two, as I said, ByteDance said that they were already able to reach agreements with um, Sony, et cetera, um, but not with Universal. Why does it make so much of a difference with Universal? Because anybody who knows knows that Universal has the largest market share. How did that actually happen, right? A lot of times we just look at things and think, okay, this is, this is the villain, this is like the hero, and the story is ended. But the story goes way, 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 way back, right? So there, there are a lot of different moves that have enabled uh, kind of a, the scales being tipped anyway, which should be part of the larger conversation of all of this. Something else that you might not know, which I just actually found out while I was doing completely different research a couple of months ago, the Universal Music Group is actually now a Dutch company. <laughs> um, how that happened, and it was kind of on the DL, is really quite interesting in and of itself. Many of you will remember back, I don't know, maybe like early 2000s, don't quote me on this, but you know, the moment when the French came into the picture, right? And it was Universal Vivendi and all that. Well, that was really widely like tracked and covered and, and discussed. But the, the Dutch-like scenario that just kind of swooped in, I mean, how did that happen, right? So there are just a number of things at play here, you know, cultural issues, mindset, so much more. But what there are two things that are going to come out of this that I think that you should um, consider and that I'm going to be tracking as well. One, there's been the issue with, you know, not being able to reach the agreements with the AI generated music, et cetera. What do you think is going to happen now that you can't like access the real and original like Drake track or any of the other number of artists who are on Universal Music Group, right? I mean... We're going to have to watch and see, but I think you can probably figure that one out, number one. And uh, two, I mean, it's just going to be really quite interesting to see how independent artists come into play. And especially because I just mentioned, it's so very challenging now to be 
you know, an independent artist, independent label, whatever, does this give them more room? Could a billion users on ByteDance, ByteDance is TikTok, um, and that's a lot of people, right? Could that, that billion users start to shift market share so that it's not just a universal music group game anymore, but maybe some of it starts going to, you know, the other labels, you know, Warner, those being Warner and Sony. I don't know, but this is going to be something very, very interesting to, to track because surely these users are not just going to stop using music. So what's going to happen? I think this is going to be really interesting. I know technology is going to come into play with this emerging technology. And I really wish that all of uh, like kind of the, the various parts of today's ecosystem could come into some alignment with equity because, I mean, there's just, it's so easy even to track these payments by using like blockchain. If you could just kind of agree on, on a number, right? Just again, for those who may not have been tracking this as closely, uh, what's the sticking point here about payment? ByteDance feels that it gives uh, Universal Music Group, all recording artists, all, all, all labels, um, two very important things. One, a promotional platform, which it doesn't have, which is, uh, I guess, more and more challenging to leverage today to, to break artists and to drive and reinforce established artists. Um, that's like kind of the one thing in terms of uh, visibility. And then two is about, you know, data, being able to really access behavior, how many songs are being used across what types of, you know, kind of discussions on TikTok. That kind of cultural intel is very, very uh, valuable, right? It, it would be hard to even put a number to it. But yet ByteDance is kind of using that as, I don't know, it's kind of olive branch, if you will, to be able to say, well, we don't need to pay cold, hard cash because we're giving this, which might be more intangible, but super invaluable. Like I said, not taking sides here. I don't really know. Um, and my background is clearly not in finance, but I just think it's going to make for a very, a very interesting, interesting discussion and one, one which will be larger and larger in the industry, not just for TikTok, you guys, but for more and more platforms coming up, because let's keep it real. TikTok is only going to be able to hold, you know, it's, it's reigning position of power, but for so long, all power changes and shifts. So what is going to happen next, which really changes up everything? I think the, the, you know, traditional record labels are going to be in a more and more precarious place here because they are always and have consistently played, you know, defense. And so it's time to really start thinking about offense, time to start thinking about creating some of these platforms in-house in new ways so that you can control the technology. This is what, I mean, I'm just like, you know, amazed that we have not seen just yet as well. So, okay, that's my story with TikTok, Universal Music Group, the industry at large. And speaking of AI, for those who didn't see, um, on Business Insider, there was an interesting article about the White House weighing in on AI copyright. Uh, and it, apparently it's for the, the first time. This just happened today, February um, 1st. You know, there's been a lot, of course, of uh, discussion, attempted policy, and so much more from the White House on AI. I think two major things have happened, which have maybe accelerated this conversation. One, the robocall using Biden's voice, an AI clone, 
during the New Hampshire primary or right before that saying, you know, you don't need to come out today, stay home, save your vote for November 2nd, sounded just like him, the cadence, the pauses, everything. So of course, <laughs> that has made the White House, you know, kind of sit up and take notice even more. But in addition, that whole AI scenario with these generated um, images of Taylor Swift, which, you know, I think reached, what was it, like 45 million views on Twitter before they like shut that down. So much around this space is just really rapidly advancing and nobody, like, let's keep it real, nobody has any idea about how to um, be able to control this. Whether you're talking about watermarks or more, some type of watermarks on these things, that's assuming that you're working with a company that has integrity and scruples. But somebody like just in their basement, like creating this, what are you going to do, right? Using uh, some kind of form of uh, kind of cloaking of your IP address so you don't know where this comes from. I mean, this is just going to get bigger and bigger. And it's always entertainment and primarily music on the front lines of this. So watch for more of this to happen. I think there's going to have to be um, really like kind of decisions made on how do those who are already well entrenched in this space, how do they hedge for what's coming next? How can they work more with uh, a kind of larger, a larger kind of pull or base that gives them different insights that are further ahead so that they can um, really be ahead of the curve as opposed to always playing catch up. That's the one side. The other side is what are the opportunities that are going to be created for those who are out here as new creatives um, or, you know, not just new, but established creatives who have not been able to get in there um, for, you know, the life of them trying all kinds of things. Where are the openings, right, that allow for new voices, new creativity to emerge? Because it's surely happening, right? Whether it's from a kind of founder point of view, looking at like the music tech space and being able to deliver something that um, fills a gap or those who are just, you know, individuals, right, who are looking for these things. This is the moment. The thing that you can do most is stay on top of things and read as widely as possible so that you can start to sit and think, where where does what I'm doing like kind of fit into all of this? The moment you kind of like narrow it in is that I only look at this or my only position is that or my only position is to make money, <laughs> that that's when you're going to lose. That's when everybody is going to lose within this because it's moving too fast, right? You have to be able to see and hear as much as possible. So that is what I have to say about that. This is the discussion that's going on right now in LA, going to be at all the parties and everything else. But here's another discussion. And to answer my question, you guys know I always put out a question at the very beginning. Before I wrap up, let's talk about this. The Hollywood Reporter, check this out if you want to read the, the full story. But I really like how they, they captured this and looking at, you know, some old school data. The headline is, SZA's SOS could be, and really this like even made me like, I have to stop a minute, could be the first album by a black woman to win the top Grammy, that is, of course, album of the year, most coveted, in 25 years. Can you believe it? And guess what the last one was? I'll give you a minute if you want to think about it. You know, Jeopardy music playing in your mind. <laughs> the last one to be, um, well, the last album by a black woman to win the prize was in the year of, drumroll please, 1999, and it was the miseducation of Lauren Hill. This is kind of close to my heart because um, Che Pope, who was the producer, a producer on that, I actually helped um, with a lot of his 
brand strategy around uh, kind of the visibility around his work on that album back in the day. And so 1999, and here's the other thing. This is the sub the subhead, which you get a lot of your data just right here, let alone all the other bombshells in the article itself. Only 37 albums by 25 black women have earned nods for the big awards since 1959, including Beyonce, Mariah Carey, and Ella Fitzgerald. Just really fascinating. And I think that this is, as always, looking at things in larger context, it's not about, I don't believe in these days or recent times about race, women, we don't want them to, you know, kind of rise and things like that. I think it's really about and has continued to be about the breadth and width of those who are voting. And so it really is going to be interesting to see how the Recording Academy continues to expand um, its outreach to those who vote and the criteria around things so that it just, I think, more reflective of maybe the, the record buying community um, that has continued to be an issue. Everybody's always, you guys are the pattern. Everybody's super excited about the Grammys and they can't wait to complain about them the, the next day or even the same day, you know, starting at whenever it goes off, 11 like p.m. or if it's gone over 11, 10 p.m., whatever Eastern time. Um, that's, that's the pattern, right? But it really, really is, um, it's going to be something that I think is going to be hmm, discussed a bit more but I really do believe, and how could I not, because you know I'm all about emerging technology, you guys. I think that, that women of color and those who are not you know, typically either nominated or nominated and lose, if you look at like demogra- demographics and you know, patterns, what gets a lot of this stuff onto the radars of the voters of the academy? Honey, I would be strategizing right now using every, where it made sense, and where it really you know, expanded like revenue and fan reach and so much more, where am I using AR? Where am I going to be using AI where, to be able to generate like the, the content that drives my album? Where am I going to be partnering with producers in the spatial computing realm so that, honey, when these glasses drop, and by the way, there are a number of those that are coming up from China that will give um, Apple's Vision Pro a run for its money in terms of pricing. How am I actually going to be like all over that with the, the most captivating images, you know, ever? How am I going to be using 5G, now 6G in these venues to be able to connect better with my fans? Like this is where the rubber is going to meet the road because it really is about, I don't know, it's been said that, you know, the Grammys are about a popularity contest. I don't believe it's about popularity. I believe it's more about visibility right? And who is saying what the most about said albums. Artists that are able to really work with those who understand the space, willing to take like, of course, a calculated risk, but you know, risk being forerunners and frontrunners. If you aren't winning those awards, like it's time to do something different. And that's where I think um, the real, no, that's where I know the major opportunity is. And I'm going to be looking forward to those who are like, you know what? No more like, you know, being almost there, but not being able to seize the absolute prize. The interesting thing about um, this article, if you guys, you know, read it or whatever, I think it's very telling. Uh, I'll quote here again from The Hollywood Reporter. And there's a chance SZA could also lose on Sunday. But we all know that winning at the Grammys is not equivalent to winning at life. Just ask Beyonce. 
is true, but you know what? Everybody also likes to have that that Grammy too. The fact that Beyonce did not win for Album of the Year, I mean, a lot of people had issues with that too. You know me. I believe that emerging technology is certainly underused in the music space and those who are able to harness it and do it well and consistently. Oh my God, the, the opportunity is going to be like fantastic. So if you're out there listening to this as an exec, who on the team is like, what is the, the game plan for 2024 besides de- defending? If you are out here as either a founder or maybe a creative, independent, whatever, again, what's the blueprint? What's the strategy? Because here's the, the beauty of so much of this is that those on kind of the tech side need those who are on the creative side because you can't just create AR for AR's sake. AR is not very interesting to look at. I don't know. Is it like a couch or something, right? And where is the most like, you know, just not just creativity, but the personalities, the mindsets. Oh my God, recording artists, until you've worked with them, you just don't know. You just don't have the respect, just the, the fun, just the over the topness, right? Those two together in the right manner is unbelievable. You need to be able to have people bringing this together because if you don't do it, somebody else will. And really, the titans of the next decade are being made right now, you guys. So think about you know who is on your team, how to be able to stay informed with my podcast and more, and to be able to just go on ahead and win it. What, what are the metrics? What are your plans? What are your goals? Too many people right now just seem to be like all over the place. Don't let all of the the changes and um, the shifts throw you off. You got to be mad focused, focused even more now. And so this only does that. This only is achieved, I should say, or you can only do that by aligning with the right partners and thinking in new ways and staying informed. So that is my pleasure to be able to do for you each and every week. With that, I think I'm going to wrap up. If you like the series, don't forget to follow. If you're listening on Apple and give me five stars, ditto on um, Spotify. And I hope that you have a great rest of the day or night, wherever you are. Don't forget to listen to next week because I have that amazing interview that I told you I have coming up. And I'm going to be giving you a little bit of a sneak peek of a major panel discussion that I'm producing um, here in New York City. Lauren Delisa Coleman, Beats and Bites, I'm out.